0: Ha! Uh.
1: live from cool boys central hold your dicks and rub your tits you'll we'll be ice cold here come the cool boys just the young boys so cool so cool so cool, so cool. Oh, i a see cool boys <laughs> cool boys should we do what we're drinking since this is a special episode? Because I am drinking
0: something. We usually don't do drinking for spoiler cast. Well, I am
1: drinking a three shots of bourbon, good old bullet bourbon in a uh, old fashioned. Got this one with the sugar cubes and the bitters and the lemon peel and all the shit. Tastes good.
0: Well, because we're doing a spoiler cast for Spider Man Homecoming, I'm drinking. A Lost Coast watermelon wheat ale. How is that related to Spider Man? Well, it's, it's the kind that Tom Holland likes to drink.
1: Oh, so I, I thought the coast might be the the Queens mm.
0: reference.
1: I, I, I don't I don't know where Queens is if it's near a coast.
0: You know what? It does have a little bit of like um spidery taste. Yeah, like a little spidey taste. Yeah, like a little, but no, it tastes a little bit like watermelon, like a little bit, but not like it's not horrible. It's 5% alcohol content, so not so bad. 12 fluid ounces. That's a Lost Coast brewery, folks. And this is the watermelon wheat ale. Mm. Uh, So there is a Spider
1: Bite beer and a Boris the Spider beer. (sighs) And there are, watermelon. There are two beers you could have uh, you could have gotten that are made from real spiders.
0: Well, this is what Tom Holland likes to drink. Is it really? Yes, he drinks only the watermelon wheat ale from Lost Coast. Is that? I can't tell if you're you're messing
1: with me because I believe that is a fact because he is a very isn't he like twenty? Shouldn't he not be drinking?
0: Uh, he's also British, but uh, he apparently has these flown in um, from the Lost Coast itself. Uh, for the Avengers, uh, Infinity War and uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and that's filming
1: isn't isn't
0: Infinity War filming in Australia? I think Infinity War is technically over right now. I think they're just moving into Avengers Four. Yeah. Well, who knows? Mm. They they
1: they they can they make those movies however they want. Um, I just realized that fucking sucks. So two out of our three Spider-Men have been British. Yep. How you know Spider-Man? Should be an American. Hello. Hello,
0: producer. I'd like to play your Spider Man. I uh, woo.
1: Fucking British Batman. Well, we currently have an American, a Bostonian Batman, but we last one was British. Current Superman is British, you know, the, the but we'll never have an American James Bond.
0: kind of bullshit. Oh, God, no. No, nah, but you know what? Who needs to be James Bond? Henry Cavill. He wouldn't be bad. He I, was I th- great in The Man from Uncle, and I think he'd be a fantastic James Bond. Yeah, he played he, a great American spy in The Man from Uncle. I think he could be okay as Bond. Uh, but this is oh, not dude, the Bond podcast. Is, this is the he is dashing. He is. He's definitely had a more vibe to him. You know what? No, it's not the Bond podcast, but it is the Cool Boys podcast, and we can't go on an episode without mentioning Henry Cavill.
1: Oh yeah, you know who else would be a pr- actually would have been a really good Bond? I mean, he could still be a good older Bond.
0: Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Extended Edition. Oh, fuck. I was going to say, no, an excellent Bond would be Hugh Jackman. (laughs) Oh, Hugh Jackman. Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, the the first American Bond, 58-year-old Tom Cruise. Yeah, he would be a fantastic Bond, Tom Cruise, running around topless everywhere.
1: Greetings, Cool Boy Nation, and welcome to a special installment of the Cool Mm. Boys Podcast. I'm Felk.
0: I'm Ballard. Uh, so oh,
1: cool. You got the uh this time,
0: eh? I I had to give the uh to myself, because uh, Noli's not here, unfortunately. Noli did not have the chance to see the movie yet. He wants to. He sends his well wishes to all Cool Boy Nation. I disagree. And you'll have Noli back for episode 23. He says he wants to, but I think we all
1: know Nolan is deathly afraid of
0: spiders. <laughs> That's the reason he hasn't seen it yet. Yeah,
1: it's a secret.
0: So this week, uh, or last week, Felk and I watched Spider-Man: Homecoming, and or uh, Spider,
1: or as I call it, Spider Home Man Coming.
0: Ooh, that sounds like a pretty hot porn. I'd
1: see, i see that one too.
0: Starring uh, Brian Gosling and uh, Brent Corrigan, or whatever.
1: Well, one of those is a straight porn star. One of them's a gay porn star.
0: And why can't the two meet? Well, the, well the,
1: that's what Spider-Man: Homecoming has—a lot of diversity.
0: It it does that. it absolutely does. Well I think uh I, I really enjoyed it and um before we get into any more of the movie, yeah uh we should announce spoilers from this point out for Spider-Man Homecoming.
1: It's time for a-
0: Spoilers Sizzle. Yeah! Sizzle All right. Well, first off, um, we should do real quickly our Cool Boy rating of the past five Spider-Man films. So for me, I I love Sam Raimi, huge fan of Sam Raimi, but I wasn't a huge fan of the uh, Spider-Man films when they originally came out. Um, I've come to like um, them as nostalgia later, but um, at the time, I really wasn't a super big fan of them. I do like what they brought to the superhero genre, so for me, I actually gave the original Spider-Man movie that Sam Raimi did in 2002. I gave that a three out of five boys. Okay. Um, I think I think it it handles origin very well. I feel like it almost handles it just as well as Superman, except I felt like Superman handled it. Um, uh, first.
1: I, I saw I love Spider-Man the first one. Uh, I feel like it was specifically because it was in May 2002 and this thing had happened the previous September where it just felt like as the Nickelback song uh, plays you know a hero would save us. It felt like we got the hero we needed. Uh, the fact that there was just a good guy swinging around specifically New York the timing uplifted that movie. It was a, it's realistically three out of five is probably what it really is as a movie. But I, I just, the experience that I had, uh, that first time seeing it, I, I bring carries with it every time I rewatch it. So it's four out of five to me. I, if I feel like a New York based superhero grounded in the real world was what we, I mean, just compared to like Gotham or, or Batman and Robin, uh, grounded in like a New York that was recognizable, uh, was it meant a lot to America, not just the comic book nerds?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's a very, uh, very, very astute. And, um, uh, um, uh, I think for me, when that when nostalgia kicks in, it, it, it does gain an extra boy, it becomes four out of five boys for me. But Rich, I still think it's a three out of five. Remember, do film. you remember
1: the uh, the the teaser that was specifically? Made. I do, this yes, and,
0: and, yeah, in between the World Trade Center, yes, yeah. that was awesome. I really, you know, wish that was ever released. I wish we could see that um, again. But, um, um, yeah, it, it's definitely it's definitely poignant in that way due to the tragic events of, of 9-11. But I do think it's still a three out of five boy movie. However, as the aughts progressed and you got other superhero films that were not Batman Begins, that were not The Dark Knight, that were not Iron Man, you kind of started looking back and going, wow, was Spider-Man and like Spider-Man 2 and, and like X2 x-men united are those really terrible title it is a terrible title are those really the best of this genre and then you did get things like batman begins which was just like oh wow but then that was by itself for three years before we got the dark knight which was once again like oh wow this might just be another uh, just a diamond in the rough and then we ended up getting the mcu and that will lead into later what we talk about with spider-man homecoming well moving on from that for me spider-man 2 I also gave that a three out of five mm. boys. And I know a lot of people hold that up as like the Godfather part two of superhero films. But um, I still found it to be weak. I thought Doc Ock was a weak villain. I didn't like the way that you know um, his character progressed. And I really thought it was really cheesy and even more campy. Uh, than it was before. It's almost like Sam Raimi got even more campy with his style. So he got no. He I just mean, got.
1: he just got to be more Sam Raimi. Like they just gave him did. more free will to do his own thing. And he.
0: However, he I gotta say that him. just the train, the train sequence is fucking incredible. And I've watched that with my daughter a lot, and she loves it. And it, it was her introduction to Spider Man. Was that train sequence completely? I think
1: I cried in theaters. When, when, it was when amazing. Like, the, the guy was like, he's just a kid, no older than my son, and they all like pick him up. It's like, oh my god, that's 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 what heroes are. They're just people. They're just people, man.
0: And Spider-Man 2.1, the train sequence is expanded upon, and they show more of it, and it is it is better. And it's, it's fucking awesome. I, I recommend Spider-Man 2.1. Now, Felk, what is your cool boy rating, though, of Spider-Man 2?
1: Five out of five.
0: Wow, see okay, so you're one of the people that hold it up as like the Godfather Part 2 of superhero films.
1: The the now that now that superhero movies are six a year as opposed to one every year or one or two a year, uh, and, and we've gotten to the point where now we're like doing this expanded universe shit or connected universe shit where you don't have to be the only superhero in the world every time and you don't have to set up the mythos of like this is the first and only superhero in this world each time. You don't you don't have to do that redundancy.
0: Well, fuck, I'll blow your mind real quick. So Spider-Man 2 actually has a reference to another Marvel character in existence in that world that is not part of the Spider-Man universe. It is Doctor egg. Strange. An Easter egg. Is no, it? it's not. Jay Jonah mm-hmm. says um, that uh, they're going over what to call this new Dr. Octavius, and they call him... Dr. Strange, and they go, nope, somebody already has that name. And then they say, Doc Ock, and that's when, like, you know, uh, he looks at his, uh, um, who is it? It's it's Raimi's brother, Ian Raimi, or whatever. He looks at him, and he's just like, you know, get out. And they end up calling him, you know, Dr. Octopus later.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to blow your mind, then, because a lot of people think that Batman and Superman were on screen for the first time just recently in 2016. But did you know that in 1997's Batman and Robin, at the very beginning... Uh, Batman actually says, this is why Superman works alone.
0: Yes, I did know that. I, I think That's an
1: Easter that. egg. It means nothing is, is my point. Like you can't compare that to like what the MCU is <laughs> doing. We're like established characters in Captain America. Like pops they up mentioned, but they mentioned
0: ad- Dr. Strange, which is pretty interesting. I thought,
1: I thought that was pretty yeah, interesting. I, I, st- I would not count that as a, sh- well, there was never even a Dr. Strange movie. I mean, maybe it no, there fine,
0: was, but... oh, well, there was like an, an old one, I think in the seventies.
1: Yeah. I, I, I still like Spider-Man for all intents and purposes is the only superhero who is ever mentioned in the in the three Sam Raimi Spider-Man's and that hinders it is my point. So when you like compare it to any kind of connected universe, it's going to fall short by today's standards.
0: Well, good point, folks. So speaking of the three Raimi films, the Spider-Man trilogy. That We currently have Spider-Man 3 and for me that was yeah. also three out of five boys and what was funny about that and as you may have noticed the Spider-Man Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3 are all three out of five boys. I don't find that they vary too much in quality and oh, really? or in content. Um, no, they don't. I think that they are they are all really kind of on par with each other hmm. and I thought it was really funny because I remember a lot of people did not like Spider-Man 3 and it took me a little longer to see it in theaters and I went with our buddy Dorn and he, we like went in expecting to see this one out of five boy two out of five boy movie and we came out and we we're like hey that was exactly like the other two like it, it that was three out of five boys and I remember saying that to him at the time exactly that verbatim it was three out of five boys yeah we actually and knew so each you, other when that one came out so like we actually probably we discussed
1: did. It in person I'm sure I think um, we
0: had a uh, running uh, box office um, guess on yeah. one of the whiteboards, and that was pretty high up there for most of us. And well, yeah. Anyway, so
1: Spider Man three to me is two out of five.
0: So there you go. See, I found it. I found it just to be down the middle of the road, like the other two were. I'm one of those people who thinks the first Spider
1: Man is very good, the second one is great, and the third one is less than good. Uh, everything about Dark Tobey Maguire ruins the movie, and it it can't be taken seriously. And I don't
0: mind it. I, I don't I, mind it because I don't take other things super serious. Like there's a whole like singing in the rain or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, A uh, raindrops are falling on my head in Spider-Man 2 sequence, that montage. It's just as ridiculous. It's yes, but it's even it's plays because it's even the Spider-Man. It's supposed to be goofy, though. Yeah. And so is I think that's the same with the emo Toby or the emo. That's Peter. supposed to be
1: dark, though. He's.
0: He, he I don't think so. I think Rami's but playing but it goofy. Did, but he, he plays he, jazz. He plays jazz
1: and stats his does, fingers. But he's, he's also on a path that ends with him fucking killing. Is trying to kill his best friend.
0: Well, they all have. They all have levity and they all have deep dark moments as well. But even the first Spider-Man film has a moment when. It was it was obviously a quick fix because they were gonna do the original World Trade Center scene, is they had to do a montage. So they did the silliest montage of Spider Man uh, yeah. saving people in like the neighborhoods in Queens and in New York and Manhattan. It's just ridiculous. I think they all have those weird moments of incredible levity, because that's the Raimi part of it. Yeah. But then they have the darkness and the deep deep parts that also Raimi brings that's great and that's what you need that balance, but that's why it's balanced down the road for me. It's just three out of five boys, but well, you, all three of them.
1: Well, you know that Raimi did not want to do Venom like he was forced. Oh, yeah. Xavier Rad forced
0: him. I honestly think Spider-Man three would have been a better film if Raimi didn't have to get forced to do Venom because yeah, then I think vulture. he would have been able to focus on no vultures for four. Okay. But he
1: wanted him for three, though.
0: I thought he just wanted Vulture for four, and that was going to be John Malkovich. But I thought he wanted to focus more on the Sandman story. And, yeah, I th- and if okay, my understanding maybe. is correct: is that if he did just wanted to focus mainly on the Sandman storyline, I think that would have been a better movie because I, I really agree. liked what Thomas Hayden Church brought to the role. I thought he was great, and yeah, I thought he, it was a good. I thought it was. A, I thought he brought a, a, a villain that I never really even cared about or heard about. You know, barely was mentioned in the cartoon in the '90s, and like actually made him like compelling.
1: He had motivation. Uh, I forget what it was, but uh, he had something that like motivated him and humanized him. It was uh, the shit where he was the real killer of Uncle Ben felt like needless retconning. Uh, it, that really kind of betrayed the, the first movie. Uh, everything with Peter going dark was poorly handled, and... You didn't really want him to fight James Franco, so it wasn't uh, – there, there wasn't like, oh, yeah, I want him to kick this villain's ass. Right. Nothing about the movie played uh, quite right. That's also, why it's three. Yeah. Also, the casting of uh, Clint Howard's Topher? niece no, – Well, Topher's miscast oh. and Clint Howard's niece is
0: miscast. Yes, yes, Bryce is miscast, but I do feel so – like she do will feel...
1: always be Clint Howard's niece.
0: And I think that Christopher Grace was really miscast as Eddie Brock. Who? Christopher Grace? Oh, Topher Grace. Right.
1: You call him Christopher because that's well, what he. I, it never occurred to me that Topher stands for Christopher.
0: Yeah, no, he just uh, was cool and dropped Chris and thought he was super silly. Oh, God. That
1: makes me hit him more.
0: Yeah, there's a fighter for the UFC, or there was in the UFC. His name is uh, Chael Sonnen. It's just Michael, but he dropped the M I. <laughs> he goes by, and he goes by Chael. You should you should try that. No. <laughs> you, know, you reinvent yourself. Chael. Uh yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. So moving on from Spider Man three, now moving on to the Mark Webb sequels, and that is the Amazing Spider Man. I have little to a- say. <laughs> and I I. I did not mind the amazing Spider-Man. I might be like one of the very few people that actually liked the amazing Spider-Man and I gave it four out of five boys. I actually walked out of it. Uh, me and Corey saw it and walked out of it.
1: Uh, the the, the reason wasn't because the movie was bad. We actually thought it was okay. The issue was that we had just seen, um, the dark Knight rises for the first time, like four hours earlier. And after that, uh, you know, it was like, you want to go see another movie? Like, like we didn't know we we had nothing planned for the rest of the day, like both of us. Because uh, at least me, my thinking was, don't plan anything for the Saturday night of the Saturday day that I'm seeing the Dark Knight Rises for the first time. Because that movie was four years of anticipation. That was a huge day.
0: I I, I kind of found it to be like original and very much in vain with what kind of Marvel is doing for the MCU. And it's not bad. I I gave I what what, what do you rate it? I'd give it three. I'd give it three and a half,
1: I, I, which are uh, no, I give it a solid three to two and a half. It's it's not as good as the first Sam Raimi in uh, and, and too much of it is so hindered by having to re- repeat all like almost all the beats for the first act uh, that the Sam Raimi did. Like you have to see Uncle Ben get murdered again. We get to see him get bitten by a fucking spider again. Like I all that's a problem.
0: Well, for me, I think what I like about it maybe more than the Sam Raimi is that um, I like it when uh, levity is uh, uh, sometimes taken away, but weight is added um, to it and makes things kind of darker. And I and I am a sucker for that. And so for me, the Amazing Spider-Man did take the origin of Spider-Man, but it did darken it up a little bit and it kind of grounded it a bit. And a and, little. And, and Not for me, I liked that as, like
1: that a lot. That was a big thing. Like, it's a grounded Spider-Man. Like, no, that was even their big sell. the fucking villain's the, a lizard at the end. Uh, yeah, the yeah.
0: grounding the, goes away by the third act. But their big sell, totally, especially with turning the whole New York into lizards, but their big sell for that movie, too, was, and find out the secrets about the... Peter Parker's parents. You will yeah. never care to know. <laughs> and you'll fi- you won't you'll you'll find out a little bit of details
1: in the first movie. It'll get teased in the second movie, and then you'll never fucking find out what we were planning to do because there won't be a third one. Sorry.
0: Yeah. So speaking of the second movie, I gave that one. I think you know the worst out of all of them. That is a two out of five boys. That's I'm a horrible one, I'm, movie. I'm, I'm one out of five. I think it's a train wreck. It is. I mean, they do They do straight-up dubstep for the action sequence in the second act between Electro and Spider-Man yeah, in Times Square. Pharrell.
1: By Pharrell.
0: Yeah, really, by Pharrell. Did you know, speaking of the parents just a moment ago, did you know that there's a deleted sequence or an alternate take of, of Peter going to visit his parents' grave, or it's Uncle Ben's grave, I can't remember which, in the graveyard, and all of a sudden his dad shows up? Yeah, Campbell Scott. I like Campbell Scott, too. Oh, love lot. Campbell Scott. In fact, he's amazing in House of
1: Cards. He was, yeah. Uh, he's, he's, uh, if you haven't watched Roger Dodger, I, I've been promoting that movie for God knows how long. I think it's one of the best performances of all time. It's oh, just, he, he's just like a, he's like a Campbell Scott plays, uh, like a playboy, uh, or it's like a, a guy who works in, in, uh, New York and, and is just like always hitting on women. And then his, uh, nephew played by Jesse Eisenberg's first movie performance, uh, is, uh, comes to visit him and he teaches him how to pick up women and it, they go on like a dark journey.
0: Really interesting. Wow, movie. really, very cool. Alrighty, and then so, um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two, I thought was just absolutely a great example of how to kill this fucking franchise. <laughs> yeah, they really
1: fucked up. Uh, I, the one thing I have to mention before we move on past the the, the Amazing Spider-Man is, uh, I, I love Emma Stone. She is she's a perfect human woman.
0: Oh, uh, she's she's wonderful. She's very she's funny. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's sexy.
1: I feel like I see a hotter girl than Kirsten Dunst every day in LA. She's yeah, well, pretty. Oh my God. But she's regular. And uh, Emma Stone is fucking perfect. The And the same can be said, frankly, about Bryce Dallas Howard. I, I'm sorry. I can't look at her and not see Ron Howard's face, which means yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh, yeah, I can
0: I priced house, Howard just looks like just like a beefcake to me. I don't know, but um, uh, I, 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 Kirsten Dunce, uh, we used to see her a bunch, um, at a coffee shop that's just down the street from where he worked. And, uh, we, she we would, did. uh, I never saw yeah. her Uh, yeah, Le Pain. I never saw her there. Oh, yeah, we would see her hanging out at Le Payne. She usually was like sitting out at Super Snaggle Tooth, you could really see those teeth bent in. No question, at least get back to the Amazing Spider-Man series, especially Amazing Spider-Man 2. I thought um, Gwen Stacy's portrayal by uh, Emma Stone was fantastic. I think her relationship with Andrew Garfield in real life made an incredibly compelling relationship for her and Peter Parker's character um, to fall in love and then for them to end up having, you know, her die uh, and handled that they handled Gwen Stacy's death very well and I thought well, it was powerful okay. and I like the way her head smashed against the ground and her neck cracked I thought that it was great That
1: scene is good but he has one like 40 second scene of being sad and then he's over it <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they flash forward through time a lot, real very fast. I guess, but like the next scene
1: is like, oh, back to being Spider Man. Shit happens. We no,
0: they 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 make it. I think pretty clear that they flash forward like six months. Maybe, like, it's but it's still time. the next. It's still
1: like the next scene. So it's like, eh, then the movie's over, and he's 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 pretty much over it. I because
0: because because you left you left them off in summer, right? She dies at the beginning of summer, essentially, right? Because they just got out of school, and then like he's like he's at. Before he decides to be Spider Man again, he goes through winter. So I mean, it's it was a while. It was like six to like seven months that he was grieving Gwen. That's a long time. Okay. Uh, so, but whatever. It's still a shit film, and they can't. Is. I can't believe they still hired Mark Webb because of his fucking name. I because don't coming think he of, really did that. Uh, no, Caffell, come on. He was coming off of Five Hundred Days of Summer. So do you seriously, do you watch Five Hundred Days of Summer and go? He can do Spider Man.
1: I wa- did you watch Cop Car and think he could do Spider Man?
0: Yes, because I thought he could easily do realistic, dramatic, adult storytelling of children. And that I, I, I actually liked. have not seen Cop Car. Cop Car is great. I recommend. Or Clown, it. His other Clown movie. Clown is actually very spooky and freaky, and it's very well done. A very ridiculous horror film. It's very well done, but Cop Car is actually a good movie, and I recommend that. I cannot believe you have seen Clown. Clown, see it for see it for Halloween. It's a good Halloween movie. I hate clowns, and I hate them ever since I was a little too. kid. So, I don't so hate, you I'm should watch like, I'm
1: scared of them. I, 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 it's not like I don't think clowns are scary. I just think people who play clowns in the real world are pathetic.
0: I find clowns scary, and I totally agree with you about the pathetic part too, because it's just like really that's what you want to do. Yeah, like what leads you to this? Exactly. Like what led you to this? Exactly. Totally. All right, well, okay, so that was uh, our, our our cool boy ratings for the past five Spider-Man films. Um, mine are Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, all three out of five boys. And the Amazing Spider-Man, four out of five boys. And the Amazing Spider-Man 2, two out of five boys. And you are?
1: Spider-Man would be four out of five. Uh, Spider-Man 2, five out of five. Spider-Man 3, two out of five. Amazing Spider-Man, three out of five uh amazing spider-Man two one maybe half half of half of a boy
0: that I think t- you got of of I think you I, I think I lost points since the last time you rated that one <laughs> it, yeah just talking those... about it you hate it more after just talking about it <laughs> yeah no it, it really is I, because
1: also Jamie Foxx's uh character's villain uh hates and wants to kill spider-man because oh yeah yeah, yeah. he's the yeah. villain because he yeah He got ignored by
0: him once? Spidey ignored him, but then also I hated how he played the Itsy Bitsy Spider. That was terrible. And and there was interviews before the movie was released where uh, uh, Jamie Foxx said and Mark Webb said, like, Jamie Foxx came up with this improv on set to sing Itsy Bitsy Spider, and it worked out great, and we're going to put it in the film. And you see the scene, you're like, oh, God. uh, That didn't work that great. Worked out great. (laughs) Yeah, gentlemen. Okay, well. Let's oh, get into what
1: No no real fast also because I, I forgot to say it because I started talking about clowns apparently is uh even though Andrew Garfield had good chemistry with Emma Stone because they were actually in a relationship, I think he's a terrible Spider Man. I think he's totally miscast. He's too he's too emo. No, he's no, too no, well no, no. Let
0: me correct you. Let me correct you. Cause I think I think you're onto something, but I think you're miss you're, you're misnoming this right now. I think he's in a fantastic Spider Man. I think he almost nailed Spider Man. He's not a good Peter, Peter Parker. Parker. Yeah, correct. Okay. Because he is a great Spider-Man. Yeah. He's actually better than, he's a, he's a better Spider-Man than Toby is.
1: Yeah, but let's face it. When we say an actor is a good Spider-Man, we're talking about the voiceover they do while a stuntman or CGI <laughs> Spider-Man's there. It's just, uh, that's it just becomes a voice role at that point.
0: I love I love all the, uh, uh, the uh, you know, the pop, quote unquote paparazzi photos of them clearly on set in the Spider-Man costumes and then later you see the movie and it's like fully digital character. Mm-hmm. I feel like, anyways, they just,
1: they just like, oh, you're gonna go get coffee or or go hang out. Just put the Spider Man outfit on. Yeah, even though that's not the scene he's filming, just so they can like trick you into thinking he actually is ever in that suit.
0: Right. And so speaking of super digital character, they swear up and down was not Spider Man Homecoming, uh, in Civil War. I thought was absolutely digital, and yeah. it was clearly they, they repainted over it to change and modify the suit, just like they did with Black Panther. They did the same thing with Black Panther. Just looked better with Black Panther. Because having a little bit of texture looks a lot better than having almost no texture, which is what Spider-Man suit has when it's done digitally.
1: I think I think I before I saw uh, the actual full trailer, the 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 like the final trailer for Civil War, where they actually put uh, it's put Spider-Man in it because he was a very late addition to that movie. Uh, before I even saw the, tr- the that final trailer, I think I saw a gif of it it was just a gif of him like landing on that that truck uh doing like a backflip and like waving because it was just a, just a gif or gif as some people mispronounce it uh i thought oh cool a spider-man ps4 game got
0: got announced yeah it kind of it did I and mean, it definitely looked like that well and it, you know what um and just to move into spider-man homecoming this uh the new movie that was just released uh i thought that the, that there were scenes that the cgi looked also not very good for spider-man and even when he was running on rooftops and sequences in Queens, um, I felt like it looked not like a human being running on a rooftop. But it tried to look like a, a superhuman with spider like capabilities, I guess. like it was weird. He, I just didn't it didn't mesh with me at times. And, I, and my and my eye called it out and was like, nope, fake. And I, I really wish that looked good because I thought the CGI for Amazing Spider-Man 2 has been so far unparalleled by any other Spider-Man film. Which one? I, Amazing Spider-Man 2 has incredible CGI, especially with the uh, rippling effect of the suit in the very beginning when he's falling into uh, New York. Very I beginning of... A, I,
1: I, so, I remember... Very, I, I honestly do not remember much about it. That's Amazing probably
0: Spider-Man the 2. best part of Amazing Spider-Man 2, honestly. What gets it up to two cool uh, boys is that it's the um, only Spider-Man uh, movie to have like the most incredible cinematography and spider-man action to be actually like portrayed on film that's mm-hmm. about it that's really about it but uh moving on to spider-man homecoming I really like the movie what would you think of it uh we, we should we should give it our rankings how many boys do you give it well I I really I, I don't I don't know off the top of my head because I, I, I really I almost want to say five out of five boys but oh, really? um, I'm gonna give it four out of five I think here's the thing. I I don't know if that's just because it's my love of Spider Man, but I would say it's on par with Iron Man for me. And mm. and I really liked Iron Man. I gave Iron Man four out of five boys. So you know what? Maybe I'll get I I will agree with you and I'll say Spider Man Homecoming is four out of five boys. It is. It is. It's really good. It's an incredibly enjoyable film, and it made me really happy. And it made me feel like I was seeing like this like real Spider Man movie, like not this like. Attempt or isolated Spider-Man film, it felt like I was seeing like Spider-Man in a real comic sense because I was seeing him in the Marvel world, and that was great.
1: Yes, the honestly, the best thing it has going for is the fact that this is in the MCU, and it's now oh officially well, that's that's his biggest that's his biggest. You don't experience. like it.
0: What you didn't like, it? You I didn't give like
1: it, it? I give it four out of five. I gave it four out of five. Boys. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. You already said that. But, sorry. Yeah, but if this was a standalone Spider-Man movie, you'd be like, "What the? What? Why the? What the fuck is this? Spider-Man didn't even swing through like Manhattan. That's what Spider-Man does. He he. Saves the world. He flies through Manhattan swinging around. Uh, he, you know, yeah, has totally. Uncle Ben who's dead. And like, that's a big so, part of his, like, all, all the elements of a Spider-Man movie were gone because they'd already been done in standalone Spider-Man movies. So they had to tell a very specific story for this Spider-Man. Uh, and without the idea that this is already in this huge established universe, it would not work
0: totally, and I also want to like just mention it up real quick that the um, uh, the MCU connection with uh, the prologues we have with both prologues, how they kind of like change up like you know a little bit of uh, of our understanding of the canon of um, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And for the first thing was is that we opened the film in uh, right after the Chitauri attack in New York and at the yes. Avengers Tower practically. And that was pretty cool. I liked seeing that. I thought that was really interesting, and I loved the way it set up the um, the <laughs> villains' you know motivation for the rest of the film. I thought they did a great job, and I thought it was great motivation.
1: Still can't stop talking shit about Man of Steel, can you, Marvel Universe? Oh, see, we care about the collateral damage. We show the effects of the big battles.
0: Uh, yeah, I know, but Bruce Tim would acknowledge that stuff with Wayne Enterprises. I know. You know, even. Uh, didn't uh, even uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, movies kind of reference that too? Mm-hmm. With Wayne Enterprises, they would help out? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, th- I thought they did. But, but not, anyways. Um, not Zacky. Yeah, not Zacky. But, uh, yeah, I really liked it. I liked the way they set up the, Damage Control, but I really like the way that that was able to uh, uh, do a classic uh, Marvel film, a Marvel Studios film thing, which is when they get into these later phases, they like to do their prologues as being kind of like. We're going to see a moment that you kind of already saw, but we're going to expand upon it. And they've done this a very few times, but I really like it. And I always love seeing alternate versions of a scene I've already seen or um, uh, 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 or essentially expanded upon sequences from scenes that I've already watched, and this was a great one. You know, continuing with what happened immediately after the Chitari invasion, and the it next one had a 911
1: came- feel to it because it was kind of like they were at Ground Zero, right by the big ship, one of those big oh, uh, to- worm totally. things that, that that Stark took down. I guess there was two of them.
0: Yeah, um, totally, absolutely, did for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, it was also
1: kind of irrelevant to uh, just like uh, America that it was the villain was a private businessman who had his job taken over by
0: government overreach. To- oh, totally, no, no question. And that's what it was. I think that's what's so powerful about the villain in this is that the villain. Has motivation and, and and the villain works, mm-hmm. and we'll get into that more later. He has a reason to be I re- pissed off.
1: They actually give him a reason to be pissed off and do what he's doing, and he's not trying to. They fuck give, you? yeah, no, you're right. You're
0: total, totally justified. Like, very few villains in Marvel Cinematic Universe are good and justifiable, and there's no question that it, it, you know that that the Vulture was definitely set up that way. Yeah, um, why did Ultron? But, um, wanted,
1: why did Ultron exactly want to destroy the world?
0: Because AI. A.I. and reasons. Yeah. A.I. always wants to destroy the world. He wanted to save it from people. I, I really liked uh, the damage control scene. I love the way that they established that Tony Stark was in control of it, that you could see how Tony Stark's uh, guilt is already getting him but at the same time he's already fucking over everybody and i love that about the character tony stark so far in the mcu is that he tries to be good and he fucks up and he tries to be good and he fucks up and he always tries to be good and he always fucks up and i love that this is a common thread for this character yeah tony and stark it, is the
1: villain of the mcu he is he's like
0: this he's like he's like the same villain he's like a villain and loki's almost like a hero yeah you know, remember how we were talking about this a while back. I don't even know if it made it into the podcast, but uh, we were it talking did. about how there's a there's a theory that Loki is the hero of the MCU. Yeah, it did. Well, if if that's true, if that theory is accurate, then the other theory would be that yeah, Tony Stark is absolutely the villain of the entire MCU. We've been watching the villain since the get go.
1: But that's why he's gonna die in Infinity War prediction. Then,
0: yeah, well, I think you're I think you're right on the money with that. And um, I liked how we then went into we we start the movie with the Columbia Sony's pictures, you know. Opening logo. I was
1: surprised that there was no Marvel logo. So, that, uh, well, you tricked we, me. We,
0: well, we did, but we so then we go into damage control yep. and then we go into the Marvel logo, which now has a Spider Man image thrown into the uh, uh, in there yeah. because it's this is a Spider Man movie. And then we go into the, the Marvel prologue, and I really like that because we had a Sony prologue and now we're having our Marvel prologue, and I really like that the Marvel prologue. Well, I guess before we get into the Marvel prologue, I liked how they used the Spider-Man animated theme, the um, old school theme, as the Marvel logo animation uh, theme song. It was the uh na 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 na-na-na, but it was by Michael Giacchino, and it was really well done. Did Giacchino do the score? Yeah, he did. He did it was a great ner- job. I thought, okay, I thought it was super forgettable. Once we got through the Sony prologue, which was Damage Control, we got the Marvel prologue, and that was... The Civil War video, viral video by Peter Parker. And I yeah, love it was, that. It was cute. Once again, I'm seeing a sequence from another movie from another perspective. It went on a little and too long. That was great.
1: What? It went on a little too long. Um,. And a lot of that just deals with the fact that it was like shaky cam, uh, like found footage. And I, I just I, I when it's super shaky like that, I do I I, I I don't like it too much.
0: I, I can like tell you you d- really it. just don't like Quantum of Solace and it seems to be your main con- your main concern is that it's just hold your camera shaky. straight.
1: Hold your camera straight. We have we have fucking million dollar rigs designed to get great camera shots.
0: Well don't the not Don't make a movie holding a as-
1: camera and, and, and faking the shakiness of it.
0: Yeah, and the reality of it is too is that that that's probably the only thing I don't like about Man of Steel is that they shake the camera too much in Man of Steel. I wish they kind of didn't, and that otherwise I think Man of Steel is almost perfect. I agree. And the um, but
1: he crash zooms a few times, many times, but I that, he
0: does, he does, and he shakes it just a little bit too much when he doesn't need to. But getting back to Spider Man, I I did like seeing the perspective from Spider Man's perspective and seeing his kind of relationship with Happy Hogan and Tony Stark kind of continue to unravel. And they're kind of like, you know, end up being these like surrogate babysitters in our gateway to, you know, the the greater MCU. And I think what's one of the great things about this handling of this Spider-Man for Spider-Man Homecoming is that this is a Spider-Man origin story. But it's handled in a way that it is winking at the audience that we all know the story already. We don't need to establish it. What we're going to hear is Peter say to his friend don't tell my aunt, please. You know what she's been through. We've already heard in civil war, him, essentially say things like sometimes bad things happen, and you got to do something about it, which is essentially him leading on to my uncle died. And it was my fault in some form of fashion, probably that's, a lot like the way of I let the rubber go at the, at the wrestling match.
1: I do. I, I am glad I didn't have to go through all that again. And, and just having it done the second time in amazing Spider-Man was already too much.
0: And they, ha- and they also handled it, Falcon. Spider Man coming also in a moment by having the Deli guy almost die. And you thought he may have been killed. And therefore you think, oh, that's like your pseudo Uncle Ben. But it wasn't. He was you know, alive. So they kind of play a little trick yeah. on you. Spider Man Samuel. It's a him. trick. I just feel trick. like
1: if this, like, I think about, like, there was a lot of kids in the audience. And, like, for a lot of them, that's pro- this is probably going to be their fucking first Spider Man. And if this is their first time seeing Spider Man, oh, aren't they going to no, be very get, confused?
0: No, because don't get Sony wrong. The next Spider-Man movie, whatever Spider-Man film that is called, mm-hmm. that will have a flashback to Uncle Ben. No you question. So? They will, okay. uh, yeah. Just like Wasp wasn't in Ant-Man, you know, Janet Van Dyne is not in Ant-Man. She will be in Ant-Man and the Wasp. They will reference her. They are not cast her yet. It could have been Catherine Zeta-Jones, but they haven't casted her yet. So it could be anybody, right? Mm-hmm. So they're just holding off on casting of Uncle Ben. Marvel does this over and over again where they, they don't cast everybody. I mean, yeah. for instance... You know, where was the Daily Bugle in this film? Or was well, it he's, in this he's, film? Not, he's not anywhere near
1: there yet. And that, that'll be once
0: he's in college. But there was not even a reference to even Peter liking photography. There's no reference to someone reading the you know Daily was Bugle a, that article. That, that,
1: that, that was, that's what the opening was. That was just a reference to it. He's not going to be a videographer. It's going to be a blog or something like that. Daily Bugle. Oh, you think daily that's what it is? He's not going to be a journalist, I mean, a yeah, photographer,
0: he, a photojournalist? No, videographer. He'll be a, he'll be a videographer, a, yeah. a vlogger?
1: Yeah, I, th- I thought that because that's all, I mean... Nobody takes still still photographs anymore. They take fucking videos on their fucking phones. That's what's what he. That's what his version of so
0: you think make. instead of taking incredible photos, Alex Ross style paintings, essentially of Spider Man in these great leaps that Spider Man no, did. He'll, be, he'll do know, Buzzfeed
1: videos instead.
0: He'll just exactly. He'll just do awesome shots of him with GoPros, essentially, mm-hmm. right? GoPro might be interesting. They got a yeah. That might be interesting. Exactly. But you know what? Amazing Spider-Man 2 used a lot of GoPro-like shots for a lot of their CGI sequences in like Spider-Man that. swinging through New York.
1: Didn't like any of that shit.
0: Well, um, so I thought that was interesting that this Spider-Man film handled the origin story in a very intelligent manner and in a very succinct manner that we didn't need to play on things we've seen. But at the same time, it harkened back with moments and sequences that allowed you to think, oh, yeah, that's right. This guy could be dead, like Uncle Ben died. Oh, he isn't. Okay, good. You know, well, okay. and on top of that, Tony Stark was kind of a pseudo Uncle Ben. Sort well, and maybe
1: he'll die in Infinity War. Uh, but what I did— maybe
0: think- uh, and like you mentioned, would that be crazy if that was like the way you know we got to see a, a Peter Parker learn about great power comes great responsibility?
1: Two two reviews I already listened to said that uh, there were nods to there being an Uncle Ben, and I didn't catch that in the movie. Did I miss something?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I think one of them was like a moment I mentioned a moment earlier. You know, when I said um, uh, Peter said, "Don't tell my aunt, please, about me being Spider-Man." You know, I you, you know what she's been through recently. I think that's clearly oh. a reference to the fact that Uncle Ben was just recently murdered. Okay. I did not catch that. Even when he and, said it, it's very subtle. <laughs> and, and then I think um, later when Peter Parker uh, was out late and, and and Aunt May freaks out when she doesn't see him for a while. I forget what happened exactly. And she's like, you know, he, he comes home and she's freaking out. I think she's freaking out because uh, she just had, you know, a her really intense died. moment in her life. And yeah, her husband died. Exactly. So she's just freaking out because she doesn't want to lose somebody else.
1: But he wasn't in any way involved in it then.
0: No, no other than that, that was the only two ways they mentioned Uncle Ben. Okay. Because he's, he's my, responsible for it in both the Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, and he's he's responsible for saying that line. With great power comes great responsibility. And it's a really important line because it's what fuels Spider-Man. And so it, it does need to be said in this iteration of Spider-Man at he some point. And that's did, why I feel did, like Spider-Man 2.
1: He said Civil no, War. No, he didn't say it. He and says it, and it, he says to Tony Stark, when you have the power to stop bad things from happening and they happen because you don't do anything, you're responsible. Something like that. Yes,
0: but he still needs to say the actual line. That's like that needs to be said. That that is a that's a, that is that is not having, you know, Batman have a bat cave like you need to have that line like that line is everything like Batman finding the bat cave is just as important to Bruce's story as it is to Peter Parker's story. Hearing that line. I don't think you'll somebody. ever hear
1: this version say with great power comes great responsibility.
0: I disagree. I think in the flashback in the next step uh, in the next movie, we'll hear that line. I'd bet against it. Well, we'll see. How about this? How about this? Let's let's bet some. Uh, let's let's bet like five dollars, and then uh, you know we'll we'll come we'll come back to this later. Go, okay. cool. All right, I like that. All right, and then um, I guess just talking on uh, Tony Stark, I thought you know Robert Downey Jr. brought his A game. He was he clearly knew his role in the film, just like he did with Civil War. He's he's here to bring uh, uh, you know an important character to the entire brand, but at the same time step back and let other people run their films, and he did a great job of doing that for Tom. Uh, and he also did a great job of playing Robert Downey Jr.
1: Yeah, he is over that role, I think.
0: He totally is over that role. He's no longer he's no longer Tony Stark. He's Robert Downey Jr.
1: Did, did, was it just me, or did he, he seem a little like phoning that one in?
0: Oh, yeah. No, he doesn't care. He Kevin Feige probably told him, like, dude, don't worry about this one. You Just do whatever you want. Iron it's Man, fucking Sony. Even the CG on Iron
1: Man, I know that Robert Downey Jr. is not responsible for that, but even the CG on Iron Man felt a little wonky compared to the previous
0: and it looked a lot better than uh, Age of Ultron, though. I'll tell you that. I, I didn't no- notice Ultron being bad. Uh, I remember this one the being... Whole, he he fell uh, a little off. The final suit of Age of Ultron looks like shit. The whole movie. It looks like a, there's a whole render pass that never happened. Anyways, and then... Yeah. Um, well, I guess, you know, speaking of suits... Well, you know what? Hang on. Before we get into suits, Favreau brought his game. What? John Favreau, I loved him in this film as Happy Hogan. He brought his game. Because he, he funny. needs work. He needs work, but you know what? He was well, funny. Well, no, he doesn't. He he's it. fucking
1: making million-dollar – like, he's making huge budget movies. The fucking uh, Lion King? Not Lion King. Uh, Jungle Book. Yeah, Book's he's doing movie. Lion
0: King. He's doing Jungle Book 2 and Lion King.
1: Yeah, he's he's rich as fuck.
0: But he, he likes – he, just, he just still wants
1: to bring his A-game. I know,
0: and I loved it. And I loved his, I loved, I loved the way that, you know, he was able to play off of, you know, Robert Downey again because it's been a while since we saw him. But I also loved the way that he played off Tom Holland. And I just want to get into Tom Holland. That fucking kid is great. That kid knows how to uh, fucking lead a film, he knows how to bring drama. Have you seen The Impossible? is he is great in the impossible. He has to deal directly with him and Naomi Watts are, are sep, essentially separated from the rest of the cast throughout the movie. And he has to, in a lot of ways, take care of his mom. who was played by Naomi Watts mm. in this true story. And it is heartbreaking and he is so good at it. And he's great in, uh, in the heart of the sea, even though it's not a good movie. Um, no. but, uh, I really liked him as Spider-Man, and I think he brings a, a great sense of humor and innocence, and um, and joy to the character of Spider-Man. And was, at the yes, same time, snarkiness.
1: Cool. The, seeing him like be like excited to be Spider-Man was was kind of cool.
0: And it was great seeing uh, high after, school after, Spider-Man after Toby
1: Maguire's, you know, and Andrew Garfield being kind of like, oh, I guess I'm Spider-Man now.
0: I know. And I said earlier that I like darker stuff usually, and things when they kind of you know ground them more. But you know, not for Spider-Man. Spider Man. Spider Man, you know, it really goes to show you that like maybe one movie I really like it well handled. Next movie not so well with Amazing Spider Man Two. But then you get back to like kind of what Spider Man really is, and he is a fun character, and that and it's just and it was nice to see it well handled, not where it was like done too wacky um but at the same time it wasn't done too dark and it was and there were but at the same time you had dark moments like Tom Holland's character when he's pinned under that rubble yeah. and he's crying like a kid asking for just help from anybody crying out for any help at all that's fucking incredible that was so well done i fucking I felt shit in me change. I was like, oh, God, I want to help you. I wanted to fucking help him right then. And then he, like, I thought Spider-Man. I actually thought
1: Iron Man was about to pop in and help him again. And I was like, oh, come on.
0: This kid, but they did kid, it. They, nope, they, they didn't. Yep, it was very good. They did it. They made him earn it. And one those, that's one of the things that's great because he became more and more Spider-Man throughout the movie. There were moments where he became more and more Spider-Man. More and more. And, like, he was not needing, quote, unquote, the suit. He was being the character. He's being the hero himself. And I love this way of this being the origin of Spider-Man. Is that you're not just seeing Spider-Man and he's boom within a montage, he's full Spider-Man and he'll be full on Spider-Man for the rest of the film. This Spider-Man isn't Spider-Man really yet. He is, and he isn't. He's still got room to grow as as the character. And I love the idea of seeing him grow into this final Spider-Man. But when we finally see this final Spider-Man, it won't just be like this, you know, quick, you know, isolated Spider-Man. We're gonna see a Spider-Man that's gonna be very much, you know, have lots of layers to them, like an onion that we've peeled back and we've tasted them and they're delicious. And sometimes they make you cry because I think we're gonna have some crying moments coming up in a little bit. And at the same time, when you grill it up all nice, tastes delicious on a fucking you know pizza so there you go oh, okay. sometimes you can put it on some pasta maybe or you know put it on a burger or in a you're, salad you're losing,
1: you're losing rep, rep uh, on your
0: <laughs> i just wanted i just sorry i just started thinking of onions and i wanted to eat some stuff um but i gotta say that uh i i, I thought spidey's skill set seeing it kind of grow was is going to be interesting yeah and having he seen some of it grow in the film Man. was good yeah, and but I didn't like the suit very much. I love the idea that the voice was Jennifer Connolly, because a she's hot, and b that's you know Paul Bettany's wife. I would have been a lot more
1: sexually suggested when ta- when talking to her.
0: Oh yeah, jeez. I would she's, I would have done some her uh, shit, you know. She's got sexy voice too. Yeah. Um, and drony, that was great to see, like you know, Droney because you I don't know, know th- what th- is that? That's the little spider drone that came off his chest does, in, does in he in he the comics- it, Does he call it Droney? He calls it droney in the movie a couple times, and um and in the comics he has like you know an army of spider drones. So that was a reference to that, and that was great. Okay. And uh, there was no Spidey sense in this, but I felt like there was some Spidey was sense referenced in Civil War, but I didn't see any references of Spidey sense in this. But uh, apparently Kevin Feige has said that you know there is Spidey sense in this in this iteration of Spider-Man, so we will get it happening more and more. And maybe that's part of his skill set developing is that he'll learn to tap into his um, uh, Spidey Sense more. My understanding is that there's a leak from Avengers Infinity War teaser that was just released. And uh one of the ways they're gonna handle Spidey Sense is uh his uh, hairs on his arm sticking up.
1: I don't I, I, yeah. is Spidey Sense just like heightened sensitivity like heightened like hearing and a lot of shit.
0: That's what I thought they referenced in Civil War. And then there's a moment when uh like I think it's like um Winter Soldier throws a, a door at him or something, and he like he kind of knows it's coming when he turns around the corner before he turns the corner, so he kind of sees it and he's able to pull out of the way faster. Yeah, and I kind of tu- I kind of took that as Spidey sense.
1: Yeah, he the, like, the whole point is that this this is a Spider Man who doesn't just immediately know how to be Spider Man the way all the other ones get the powers then immediately are, they're just swinging, uh, you know, from the Empire State Building and doing all every everything in their skill set.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of funny, huh? This one didn't swing in New York at all. Nope. He swung it through Queens, Queens, and through Washington D.C. a little bit, but other than that, not through Manhattan.
1: No, which is why I'm saying, like, if this this is a movie that assumes you have already seen the previous Spider-Man movies.
0: Yeah, and I really liked that it was kind of you know a little nice you know step back to be like, hey, we're going to build up to Manhattan, but here's something you haven't seen again, um, something else you haven't seen before is a Spider-Man movie with six villains. So, in a way, we just saw a Spider-Man film that had the Sinister Six in it. Sony, yeah. you devil, sneaking in that Sinister Six movie. Did oh, it? yeah. Had to get it in there. So, the Sinister Six for this film, Felk, was one, Vulture. Mm-hmm. Number two was Shocker number one. I know Sinister Shockers, yeah. Number three was Shocker number two. Number four was tinkerer number five was the prowler and number six was scorpion now scorpion had a very brief scene he was on the boat and got knocked into the water and then he was at the end credit sequence okay prowler is um a villain that eventually will team up with spider-man and help him and that was donald glover okay. tinkerer was the fat guy that was building everything for the vulture mm-hmm. and the two shockers was the vulture's henchmen
1: yeah but that, that's only five because the the shockers are not simultaneous There's, There's only five members at any one time.
0: They were technically both shockers in the comics. So they are. But one dies immediately and and the other one's like,
1: I guess I'm the shocker now. Ooh.
0: Yeah. Did you notice that the shocker's uh, um, uh, gauntlets were from uh, Civil War? They were crossbones? No. Do you know that
1: the shocker is also a sexual act you can perform on a woman? Oh, yes. Have you done it, Felk? I did only once, and it was like when I was like fucking like nineteen or twenty, and it was like with a college girl uh, that I was with, and she was like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I know about this." This was a very good experience.
0: Were you doing it in a kiddie pool so you could at least you know take care of all the mess afterwards?
1: Uh, no, because like I imagine she was just bed.
0: squirting everywhere.
1: She, she, she was stopping well before squirting the
0: um, well, I gotta say, you know, all the villains were like, you know, whatever. Except Vulture was awesome, and I will say that. I mean, Michael Keaton's great. I thought, you know, he was well handled in the film. I thought he was scary at times. I, th- I thought there was some imagery of him as the Vulture hanging on the, you know, rooftops that looked great. But I will but say, they were calling Vulture w- in the movie, do they? I think they referenced him once as Vulture or something like that. But um, or like being like a Vulture maybe. But um, I think what. Really stood out to me and made this villain so uh, incredible and impactful was the sequence in which Tom Holland's Peter Parker goes over to pick up Liz Allen, opens the front door, and boom, it's Michael Keaton. Okay. And he's just chilling there, and you're like, what? And then all of a sudden, the scene develops in the house and it's tense, but the car scene, that drive to the homecoming dance, was fucking for me incredible it was everything about this movie that made me love it i love there's a moment when he realizes that spider-man is in the back seat he pulls up to a stoplight and as he's realizing it the red light from the stoplight slowly goes onto his face and then it sits there oh my god cinematography beautiful cinematography (laughs) And, and that's one of the things John Watts even said I read about later was that uh, he said that he did this movie because he read that scene in the script and he said he wanted to do that movie just to do that scene. Mm. And boy, did he do that scene fucking justice because that was incredible. I loved it. I really loved that scene. It made me love the Vulture as a villain. and made me love their relationship between hero and villain, between protagonist and antagonist. And I thought that it just – completely set up the third act so well that I was fully game from that point on.
1: Okay. I, I, I have things to say that I was going to leave to later, but um, since we're at that scene, I have to mention, there was a fair amount of what you could call social justice based casting in this movie. Also some dialogue. But there was a, you know, basically this is a high school in Queens the where lost Peter world. Parker is what? The Lost World. Wow.
0: Dad, 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 <laughs> dad,
1: dad. No, well, that was wrong, because that girl clearly could not have possibly been Jeff Goldman's biological daughter. Uh, no, this is the fact that, like, basically the high school, Peter Parker is like, the only white kid. I mean, there's a few extras in the background, but it's a very ethnically diverse. So they made Flash Thompson Pakistani. They have
0: made. you ever gone to high school in Queens?
1: No, I'm guessing that is a pretty accurate depiction of what high school in Queens is like, especially in 2017. Uh, I get... And a lot of that was just to... Be inclusive to all audience viewers. Hey, Sony knows what they're doing. They're not going to piss off anybody by making Flash Thompson Pakistani the way they pissed off every single person who likes Ghostbusters in a previous movie that Sony just did. Um, <laughs> but, but they did uh, make uh, Peter's love interest played by a half black or African-American actress. Beautiful woman, though. Oh, God, she was so fucking hot. No, actually, yeah,
0: Liz I, Allen was fucking hot.
1: She was, yes. But uh, they, the re- so I, the reason they cast uh, a chick who's probably in reality has one black parent, and one white parent, is because it was a fucking misdirect. Because I, I feel like if they just cast a white girl and, and tried to pull off the surprise they pull off at the end, we're oh, surprised because we're in spoilers. It's Vulture's, it's Michael Keaton's uh, daughter. You you probably would have seen it coming because he twice mentions the fact, or three times, I think he three times mentions, I've got a wife and daughter. I've got to take care of them. I got a wife and daughter. I'm doing this for my kid and my wife. So like, they they had to set that up so that it's not a complete, like what the fuck's happening when when he does open the door. But also by having her uh, be, uh, having his wife be black and, and that being his daughter, it pulls up just a little bit of like your mind has to do that mental gymnastics where like oh oh okay perfectly makes sense. Another little social justice misdirect is right at the beginning. The very first line is where he talks about you know like back in my day when we were kids we played cowboys and Indians and his his fat friend I guess the tinkerer says. Uh, it's called Native Americans. So it's setting him up as the kind of like racially intolerant one. The Tinkerer is the racially intolerant one who's like, you know, complaining that he's not saying Native American. little slight little misdirect that make that characterizes that character is maybe not the type of person you'd expect to have a, a hot black wife played by uh, an actress I recognize whose name I don't remember.
0: Garcelle Beauvais, I think. An interesting misdirect The go with one of your, your earlier misdirect was uh, they actually leaked – that Zendaya's character Michelle was actually rumored to be Michelle Toombs, um, Vulture's daughter. And so there was already something true about that, but it wasn't accurate. And so that was, that, that was definitely a studio leak because they were trying to hide the MJ reveal. Well, yeah, that was,
1: that we'll get to that later. Cause that, that, I, I kind of think that's, that was kind of dumb. And, and also,
0: yeah, we'll get to that. I, I do
1: not like her as, as MJ at all. Um, but, uh, just having what the fuck's her name again? Lisa, uh, Laura Harrier as Liz Allen. Liz, yeah. Having having uh, Liz be, turn out to be the Vulture's daughter. That was that was a, like a legitimate twist. It has been a long fucking time since a superhero movie, especially in a Marvel one, uh, pulled off a last minute like twist that within you know five seconds your brain goes, this checks out. This this is this, this this does not contradict. They did not fuck with me in order to make this reveal uh, work. The only kind of way that they did is that there is the fairy sequence where it still feels like Vulture is kind of okay with killing Spider Man, but later he then says, "You saved my daughter's life, so I'm going to cut you some slack here and just say walk away." He already would have known that because he knew Spider Man saved his daughter's life before the fairy. So it kind of. I think felt like- I
0: think that I I think the fairy sequence then felt is happening in the more of a form and fashion of like, you know, uh, a fight or flight, you know, survival of the fittest. He needed to do something to survive that moment, and I that was like to fight Spider Man.
1: Yeah, they could maybe 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 that's a that's a watch this but also time and there's a moment where he he could kill him and he lets him go. I don't I don't know. I, think, I didn't notice
0: to- totally. But I also think what you might be, I think you might be also forgetting is that the villains of the films other than the Prowler. Uh, Donald Glover's character, um, and in, and commonly within the comics as well, they think that Spider-Man is a man, and that's why he's called Spider-Man, not Spider Boy, because he's hiding that uh, he's okay. a boy. So uh, yeah, I think probably what happens too. is when you see that all of a sudden that the kid in the backseat of your car is holy shit, that Spider-Man is actually this you know 15-year-old kid no. that kind of like all of a sudden like you know I think disarms you and then makes you think. All right. Well, he did save my daughter. I'll back off a bit because he is a kid. However, when he was this uh, you, you know anonymous man that I just was fucking with my shit, I was gonna kill him because I was just upset with that man.
1: Yeah, I guess yeah. Maybe maybe it was just the fact that he didn't just save his daughter, but he saved his daughter because he personally cares about her, and that was right. what made him not want to hurt her. Totally. Or hurt yeah. Him, hurt her for hurt sure.
0: Him. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that's correct. And then but I, he, think and he, I mean,
1: as soon as he 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 abandons that and immediately still tries to top the vulture, he doesn't have any problem trying to kill him by crushing him. So it was a pretty, it was like a loose, like I'm giving you one fucking shot here. Cause and that was, still a that,
0: that seemed like that was pretty understood too. kind of like, yeah. don't do it again. And, or like next time I'm going to take you out. And I think yeah. he'd handled it well too, the way he did it. Cause once again, we led to that scene where he was, cr- you know, Peter Parker was being crushed and that was what you know that was like practically ripped out of the pages I can't remember which one but I, m- I remember seeing like something like that like where Peter Parker was like buried I think he was had to get yeah, like kind of um, reference
1: in the first spider-man too. he had to exactly get like an
0: antidote uh, I think to Aunt May and he had an antidote on him and that was like this that was what the struggle for that comic book was um I, I want to say it was like spider-man like amazing spider-Man 33.
1: my point was good use of uh diversity casting not just as like virtue signaling not just as to, to fit a quota, but also in service of a plot element, which is a great twist.
0: Um, MJ Michelle Jones, come on, that was that MJ was... for me. MJ Michelle Jones, I I I I would have been okay if they just committed to Zendaya being Mary Jane. I would have been fine with that because I can easily see, you know, Zendaya. It's not a stretch for me to see Zendaya become this beautiful model esque woman. You know, I can I can see that happening. So for me. I, I thought they should have committed the idea that this is like, you know, this is an MJ, but it's not the MJ. It's like, come on, how many MJs are in the fucking, you know, like Peter Parker's close, you know, uh, uh, f- a group of friends that doesn't doesn't read very well to me. So I didn't like it very much. Um, I just wish they committed to it or they didn't commit to it. And that was about it.
1: That that to me was the single weakest moment of the movie where, where it was when she says, call me MJ. I was like, Oh, you just fucked up right at the end. Didn't you? Cause you, my
0: friends call me MJ.
1: It's like at no point had that character had been established as anything other. I thought she was just the, the quirky comic relief girl. And, I would have been happy
0: if that was just the case too. That, to that would have
1: been totally fine. Um, you know, again, that her casting as if she is especially supposed to be the Mary Jane Watson that's diversity casting that I kind of don't agree with. Like Mary Jane Watson, like if you, you cast an actress whose hair is not red, you dye it red. If it, you, you you try to make her at least look something like the comic book character, we've done it. I was going to say we've done it twice. So I guess we've only done it once with Kirsten, with Kirsten Dunst.
0: Well, they did do Shailene Woodley for that series, but she didn't count.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they, but and they, they dyed Emma Stone's hair uh, to be, whatever character. I can't remember her name. Uh,
0: Gwen Stacy, but Stacey. Emma Stone's hair is actually blonde in real life.
1: But, but, but Bryce Dallas Howard's is red and they dyed her blonde to be... The, the, you try to... They dyed her, her blonde to be the same character. You try to make them at least... If you're not going to have them look like the character and you're going to cast uh, somebody who is a different ethnicity and just different... F- Basic, like face shape, um, then you should at least have if you're not gonna do that, then you should at least have the character act like we know the character to act. And I understand that Mary Jane Watson, at least in the Spider Man in the uh Sam Raimi movies, wasn't super like fleshed out, and part of that's just because Kirsten Dunst is a bad actress. Totally, this character was acting like the weird, quirky friend who has like. One-liners that end each scene, so to to establish that she might be Spider-Man's great love down the road is very it just it's wrong it it didn't it didn't play right and also MJ is Mary Jane Watson so who the fuck is Michelle Jones a new and character she's a new character but she's taking the place of Mary Jane Watson
0: for now until we get a Mary Jane
1: Watson. Is, is she going to die in two? Like maybe as an amalgam of Gwen Stacy? Because he should be dating Gwen Stacy in high school.
0: I think technically it goes Liz Allen first, then Gwen Stacy. And then what happens is when Gwen Stacy dies, Mary Jane's part of his group of friends. They all bond over Gwen's death. And then Peter end up and going on a blind date with uh, Mary Jane. And she's like, you know, you just hit the jackpot, tiger. And they fall in love together because of their bonding over their friendship of Gwen. Gwen of Gwen and her death.
1: It was, it was a dumb moment where they, they tried to pull in um, that at the end. I'm trying to think of like what it, it it was a very kind of felt like something Star Trek into darkness would have tried.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Well, you know, one of the things that they did set up fairly well, I thought because they left it, uh, very uh, aloof in a lot of the ways that we talked about Uncle Ben and the way they did uh, 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 Janet Van Dyne uh, for the Wasp and Ant Man. Um, Miles Morales was mentioned in this film by Don Glover's character, and uh, okay. but they didn't uh, actually say you know how old he is. They didn't you know they, they gave nothing more than nephew. my I have a nephew that lives in this neighborhood, so this kid could be like seriously like two years old. And we could get 10 years of Tom Holland, and all oh, of a sudden, yeah. boom, we get an 18, you know, a, a 10-year-old Miles Morales. Yeah. So that, at least they, they didn't handcuff themselves with an actor or a, an age. Actually so really that's good like. because we can, they can eventually move on, you know, just like they're going to have to move on with Thor and Captain America and Iron Man they can now move on to Spider-Man and pass the mantle. And that's the one thing they've set up right from the get-go with this movie that they did not do with Iron Man. They did not do with Thor. They did not do with Captain America. I take that back. Captain America, it seems like they did set up from the get-go that they could pass the mantle on to Bucky, didn't it? Hmm. I think Captain America is the only other one that's actually MCU brand only that they could pass the mantle on easily to either Bucky or to Falcon. Yeah, I think- Rhodey could be Iron Man if he wasn't so fucking old and paralyzed yeah he's paralyzed that would be interesting to see how they handle that um so yeah so that miles miles morales is in, is in this universe and then the other thing that's these, I'm guessing are, he's uh, these about are
1: like three or four
0: that i i have a, i had a feeling he was like 10 or 12 i feel, I feel like they're like gonna he's a- gonna
1: be a teenager when 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 tom holland's in his 30s which will only be 10 years from now there that's a that's a that's a seed that's gonna they're not yeah. gonna go to morales any, any for a long time
0: I say that we see Miles Morales brought up in Phase like, five. S- Spider-Man 3 gets mentioned. You know what I mean? So that way when they go to Spider-Man 4, if they if Tom doesn't want to sign the contract, we move on to Miles. That's my guess. Anyways, so... I don't like um, Daniel Glover. I just want to say that. I think he's a
1: weird actor. He always looks like he's incredibly tired.
0: Who are you talking about? You're talking about Childish Gambino? Yeah. Okay. Um, And then uh, two people I did notice in the movie that were total Easter eggs. And these are... Accurate. So get ready, Felk. Kenneth Choi was playing the character in Spider-Man: Homecoming, Principal Morita, who was actually play uh, the grandson of Jim Morita, who was also played by Kenneth Choi in Captain America: The First Avenger. Remember the uh, the the uh, uh, Japanese guy? Okay. Do you remember that?
1: I do. He's from uh, California. He's from Fresno. He's, he's like I'm from Fresno.
0: So the Japanese guy from Captain America, the first Avenger, he is also, you know, he, his, his grandson is the principal of, uh, of Peter's school. And the other thing that's interesting is that Martin Starr was in Culver City University mm-hmm. in The Incredible Hulk, and he was the guy that let Edward Norton get on the computers because he gave him a slice of pizza or gave him a box of pizza. Well, Martin Starr is back, same character, but now he's graduated Culver University and he's the decathlon coach for Peter's... Parker's uh, debate team, and I thought that was fucking awesome to see that come back. Okay, and I like that they they were smart this time with bringing back actors uh, in other Marvel films and within MCU. Then other than other than accidentally recasting somebody in a role that they were like, "Oops, we forgot," which I can't recall, but I know that happened at least once where they recast somebody twice. Anyways, and then so um, there was one reference to that kind of plays into the timeline um that's interesting here is that there was earlier in the film a timeline jump that from avengers uh battle of new york yeah right to that. that said eight years yeah so and i guess then, i guess the
1: current year is 2020 in the marvels cinematic universe
0: because it's very clear earlier in phase one that avengers takes place in 2012 and i know this is very confusing a lot of uh, random like clickbait articles but um, it is very clear the timeline for Phase 1. Phase Two's timeline is a little bit more obscure considering Guardians of the Galaxy is not clear where it takes place exactly in Phase 2. Yeah. But Phase 1 is very clear of when it takes place. And Avengers takes place exactly one year after the events of Captain America, the first Avenger, when he is unfrozen. He's been unfrozen for a full year before Avengers and he is unfrozen in 2011. And Avengers takes place in 2012. Mm -hmm. So this means that Spider Man Homecoming takes place in 2020, meaning that Captain America Civil War takes place also in 2020, which then means two months later, right? Right, which also means then that Doctor Strange takes place four years before. I'm not
1: sure where Doctor
0: Strange falls. No, Doctor th- Strange is made clear by Scott Derrickson that it takes place, the whole movie takes place between fall 2016 mm-hmm. and fall 2017. The beginning of the movie is fall 2016, then you jump through most of the year, and then the very last section of film that takes place essentially over the course of real time, when you know they get attacked by, um, uh, by uh, whatever Dorman his fucking Bell. name is. No, not him, but the uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character. Yeah. The, that whole attack on Mordecai. on on the sorcerers Mordecai. Yeah, no, it's not Mordecai. It's like a cal- 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 calculus or some shit. Anyways, it's, it's um, uh, that whole attack is almost in real time. That attack takes place in the fall of 2017. So that means that Doctor Strange actually takes place before Captain America: Civil War, but after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two.
1: Oh goddamn it! I, why why would it? If why would googling Doctor Strange film type me to the Wikipedia page for the 1978
0: television film Doctor Strange, which we were just talking about earlier? That's great. Um, and then uh, oh, because so I, speak- I typed in
1: DR or the Doctor.
0: So, Felk. So, speaking on the continuity of 2020, then 2020 is also what we know is supposed to be when Avengers Infinity War is taking place. Ca- so Ca-alicious.
1: is it?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. So. Klauselius. when so happy Hogan talks about new cap shield and Thor's belt. yeah now Thor's belt is a reference to uh, his a uh, girdle that he wears in the ultimates and new caps shield as my guess is the um is the uh, uh the special kind of force field type shield. but a lot of people are saying that they think the Iron Man Two shield that you see. Uh, in Iron Man 2 and it's also an easter egg in Iron Man 1 is the shield that they're referring to no, I don't that really was care what shield it no, is no that
1: was a prototype that his dad had made that was I thought around. it was just
0: something he was tinkering with I thought that was a prototype that his dad had made that was
1: still in his fucking workshop uh, uh when maybe he was, when he was making all the prototypes in, in captain, uh, in the original captain America, it was just like something his dad had worked on. Well, his um,
0: dad worked on the coloring scheme down, right? Perfect. Before even, uh, Steve Rogers walked in and said, you know, can you, you know, fucking make it red, white,
1: and blue? it's whatever it's, all uh, it's close enough, but I mean, it wouldn't have made sense that he was making a shield for a man that everyone assumes is dead. Uh, very true. Uh, and, uh, I did like the little detail, uh, after the, the, uh, cap, uh, so you're in detention, or so like yeah. It, it's I recess. love those. Because I, yeah. I was like, isn't isn't he doesn't this doesn't the world think he's a criminal right now? And then they had I think Hannibal Barres yeah, like says one it. line like, I think this guy might actually be a war criminal right now. I was like, all right. So they are at least yeah. keeping some consistency with like the events of the last movie.
0: But I like how he's recorded in his old Avengers suit because yeah. it's like clearly old stuff. And then yeah, that that was great. And then I also liked um how it, it's I think it's called rapping with uh, Captain. And um, I think that's what they're actually called. And there's one for the final end credit sequence. It's the last end credit uh, uh, Easter egg. And he comes in. He says, he goes, patience. Having patience is important. Even when it seems like there's nothing there or whatever. Even when it seems like all, for the whole reason you're waiting there is not even worth it. And it's totally ripping on the fact that end credit sequences and waiting for an end credit sequence for something that's nothing there. And it's just and then all Chris said all of a sudden you okay, know,
1: I, I walked out. I, I was not willing to wait.
0: So that, that you missed so nothing. Back. You missed other Captain America essentially just making fun of you for waiting. I think um, a lot of it was because the
1: first in credit thing felt like such a bullshit, meaningless with uh, So
0: yeah. I misread that. I so I remember re- watching that and the first in credit sequence or the mid credit sequence was Scorpion and Vulture meeting each other in prison. Yeah. And um them and then Scorpion being like, yo, I heard that you know the identity of Spider-Man and Vulture going, I don't, and then Vulture walking away with a weird smile on his face. Yeah, now, Voss. apparently yeah, the, apparently what I, 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 I gather now is that um, Vulture was hiding uh, the fact that he knows the identity of Peter Parker, but he wasn't going to give it up because he respects Peter Parker and he's yeah. kind of come full circle. I saw it, though, as more like, haha! no, I know who Peter Parker is, and I'll get him back at another time. I misread that scene. I fucking flat out just misread that scene.
1: Oh, I thought he was protecting him.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's Because he tries think, to save him.
1: Like, I, I think that's right.
0: No, I think you're, I think you're right. I, I misread the scene because I thought it was more like, I'm going to get Peter Parker. I just don't want you to get Peter Parker before I get no, Peter no, Parker. That was,
1: if anything, I thought that was setting up for like, Vulture to, to be good in like, a Center for Sticks movie.
0: Oh, maybe. Or in a Silver Sable, they, Black they, Cat they, movie. Yeah,
1: they they went so far with making his character like kind of forced into the criminal path and, and making him kind of like relatable and, and, and redeemable uh, that uh, I thought that that was just like, he's on the path to redemption.
0: Totally. And then I guess the last thing uh, I can talk about this movie about really is that... Um, to come, and I guess you know we have Avengers: Infinity War to come. and It'll be interesting because apparently Spider-Man has a very interesting role in that, and a very uh, uh, a poignant role in it. And that sounds like like you're talking about Uncle Ben kind of being uh, taking you know as pseudo as um, Tony Stark is being pseudo-uncle Ben, I think that's very likely even more so being referenced there. And on top of that, um, it sounds like they keep saying that uh, Spider-Man will be ushering us into Phase 4. So it sounds like they're very much uh, amped to continue this character and uh, continue the path they're going down with these films. And I like the movie, so I'm excited to see where they go, Uh, considering that there's going to be something interesting that's going to need to happen in Phase 4 because once Phase 3 is complete, it's going to feel like you're done with Marvel. I think people are going to naturally feel like Marvel's come to a close. So Marvel's going to have to really almost have a more impactful phase four than they ever had a phase one, phase two or phase three.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a little tough when they start getting, we're getting down to the characters that nobody gives a shit about.
0: Yeah. I mean, come on. Who's going to really go see captain Marvel too? I mean, that might be hard if Captain Marvel isn't a huge sell. I think Ant-Man and the Wasp is was going to be a hard sell. Uh, they're counting on women
1: to go see Captain Marvel. They're counting on they black are. people to go see Black Panther. I, but, I thought but, Doctor Strange would tank because who wants to see Doctor Strange? But,
0: I don't want to see Doctor Strange too. Honestly, I don't no. really care for it. Uh, uh, maybe in other hands, but um, what really, I'm kind of like concerned by is that Ant-Man for me was like a Doctor Strange, and I don't want to see Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I don't know who's no, who who's making the movie I, that's for. That's like the only movie I didn't I haven't seen in theaters is Ant-Man. I saw it I, on digital. I fell asleep when I saw it in theaters, but I did like it, but it's not great. I thought it was um, pretty weak. Anyway, so it'll be interesting to see the way they take uh, Spider-Man into phase four, considering he's going to be the you know our main uh, um, uh, focal point uh, kind of going forward. So uh, it will be interesting to see this and uh, hopefully they can maintain quality because I did like Spider-Man Homecoming.
1: I did too. I did too. I thought that the CGI... Gwyneth Paltrow at the end was very <laughs> convincing. It looked yeah. like it was really her, but it, can't, it obviously it wasn't her because Gwyneth Paltrow said she's does, she's done
0: with these movies. Yeah, no, it was it was great. I mean, it looked better than uh, Jeff Bridges in Tron Legacy. Easily. It even sounded like her. Oh, yeah. Sounded great. Oh, yeah. The, I think Jennifer Connelly did the voice for uh, Gwyneth Paltrow as well.
1: And uh, so they have her marry Tony Stark as, as kind of a way to like deal with the fact that they called a press conference for Spider-Man, which seemed kind of dumb.
0: Did then then Tony was Tony? I know Tony said go put this new suit on and go out there and we'll introduce you as a new member of the team. But come on, was Tony going to be like, and it's Peter Parker? Yeah, like, I think I think that's what they're assuming because remember he doesn't believe in like secret
1: identities. The, none of the Avengers have secret identities. Wouldn't Peter? Wouldn't Tony be in
0: a lot of trouble with like
1: child labor laws? I don't. Yeah, I mean, if that, is that if that's if that's your where the reality shatters for the movie, it's like oh man. I mean, come on, Spider Man. I don't think he signed
0: the Sokovia Accords, did he? Well, they make him. I assume they were gonna make him. My guess is that Tony's kept Spider-Man fucking under the radar this whole time. Yeah, Tony is fucking totally breaking child labor laws right now.
1: Uh, they probably could have gotten some some kind of waiver for him.
0: That's why he's interning, right? That's yeah. why Spider-Man's yeah. interning. Yeah, that's it. I like the way um, uh, Peter Parker was interning for uh, Tony Stark, and the way he kind of like you never see it though. I mean, you I never, like no, 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 because he's lying. Because yeah. he's just lying. He's just lying because he's just he just wants to. He's he's like a kid. He has to tell the secret somehow, so he's telling the secret as I'm interning for Tony, even though what he's really doing is just being Spider-Man and just doing Spider-Man shit on the side. And that, that was great cuz that is exactly what a high school student would do. I think they handled high school Peter Parker so fucking oh, well. Yeah. Oh, it's great. They never so that
1: was something I, thought I was expecting. I thought they were going to like retcon an explanation as to how um Tony Stark knew that Peter Parker <laughs> that Peter Parker was Spider-Man and they never do. So the only thing you can assume is that it's just because he's, like, basically, like, Google, and he just has, like, big data, so he just, like, was able to, like, hack and figure out who Spider-Man was, and that's how he knew exactly where to find them. and that is, was his address. This more evidence that Tony Stark is the villain of the universe.
0: Totally, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Evidence. Obviously, he had violated... An
1: individual private citizen's privacy in order to obtain the true identity of the Spider-Man, who was just a YouTube sensation at that point.
0: Yep. What would you think of that final suit? I didn't really care for it. The it was, Iron Spider. It was, yeah, it was. It was. If they're gonna do Iron Spider,
1: then give them the fucking extra limbs. I, what I kept tw- looking for.
0: It. I was looking. I was like trying to move my head around. Like, oh, are there are there extra limbs behind? Because they never even ah. have him
1: wear it. Right. The the suit he puts on at the very end is just the suit he was wearing for the bulk it of the is-
0: movie. It is teased uh, uh, recently at D twenty three that he does wear that suit, that quote unquote Iron Spider suit in Avengers: Infinity War. They do put that on. Hmm. Um, but yeah. So okay, let's rank our um, our uh, Spider Man films. So so yeah, start with your worst, number six, and work your way to your best, number one. Well, I mean, it's the, the star rankings.
1: I guess kind of belay this, but um, so number six would be Amazing Spider Man two. Followed by Amazing Spider-Man 1, then Spider-Man 3 of the Sam Raimi versions, then Homecoming, then Spider-Man 1, Sam Raimi, and then Spider-Man 2 is still the best.
0: Okay. Um, I would say, uh, for me, um, my cool boy rating is not going to affect my ranking. Hashtag my ranking.
1: inconsistency.
0: Yes. Absolutely. So there will be some changes. Um So my number six is absolutely The Amazing Spider-Man 2. My number five is Spider-Man 3. My number four is Spider-Man 2. Okay. My number three is The Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. Which was my four out of five boy. My number two is Spider-Man 2 is spider man which was a three out of five boy, but I did talk about nostalgia factor and it okay. is a four out of five was nostalgia. And my number one is Spider-Man homecomings.
1: Well, cool boy nation. That brings us to a close for our spoiler cast for Spider-Man Homecoming.
0: Homecoming come inside me.
1: Yeah. I like the comings. It, it, it finally get the word coming in a Marvel movie
0: spider-man cream pies i can't well, i can't wait for hulk coming spider-man 2 internal damnation yeah
1: i am so glad by the way that we don't have to deal with the fucking organic web shooters anymore
0: there's no way that that's not come spider-man 3 milf parade
1: oh milf I have, okay real fast we have to talk about hot aunt may isn't it weird how you want to fuck
0: aunt may yeah, but they, like, they made her like not uh, like not hot, which is kind of funny when you think about Civil War. Oh, they then, still acknowledge
1: because, that everybody wants to fuck her.
0: Yeah, but what, yeah, they do. But what I like about this when they do this is that they have to acknowledge that in Civil War that she like dressed up real nice and put on a lot of like makeup and like did her hair up real good before Tony walked into that apartment. She was like, she, Oh, she shit.
1: still looks good in a few of these scenes. Yeah, she Clean still up. looks good in a few of these scenes.
0: Yeah, uh, but they did that like 1970s look like you know like you know that old lady type look like oh high waistband and really flat hair with big glasses
1: I guess it's a tough time to be an old lady actress because previously all superheroes had like old ladies and now it's like I want to fuck Superman's mom that's Diane's Lane Uh, I want to fuck Maggie from The Walking Dead that's that's Martha Kent granted she dies when she's relatively young because um, something happens to batman's parents you know and now i want to fuck fucking aunt may who's like typically like oh peter you, you you're not super mad and you know she's like the oldest fucking old lady and now she's like a relatively hot 50 year old woman
0: totally no you're right totally oh oh my god maggie mm-hmm. i don't remember her actual name lauren cohen yeah
1: as, as a as somebody who was getting pissed off at The Walking Dead, I was very weird to have Bruce Wayne's parents be, uh, fucking Negan and Maggie. I was like, well, that's weird. I guess they got I guess they got over it. Need more dong. Well, that brings us to a close to tonight's episode. Be sure to listen. New episodes of the Cool Boys Podcast come out every Monday. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Cool Boys Podcast, and you can now find our Facebook group at The Cool Boys Podcast. You can email us at the at gmail.com. Don't forget the the, the coolboyspodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on YouTube, and you can find us on YouTube by searching The Cool Boys Podcast. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes at The Cool Boys Podcast. Uh, and you can donate to us on patreon and receive a special additional episodes of cool boys after dark and a cool Boys shout out on our normal episodes that air every monday you can find cool boys on patreon at patreon.com slash cool boys podcast thank you for listening stay cool cool boy nation until next time it's bye z's from felk
0: and it's By-Z's from Ballard Boy. You are a standing American boy. You have excelled in all things. I pump while I dump.
1: Oh yeah. So cool.
0: Oh yeah. So cool. Oh, oh yeah. So cool. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: this episode of the cool boys podcast was brought to you by
0: see spoilers from spider-man homecoming skip to this time oh no i guess we don't No, the entire yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that's right we run the whole episode on these. anyway (laughs) i mean we certainly
1: could do that and just put in the fucking ntrt of the episode
0: (laughs) i'm falk i'm ballard Uh, we
1: can do that oh. but I think that. would I'll I'll, I'll I'll spoilers for Spider-Man Homecoming skip to to avoid Hugh
0: Jackman Hugh Jackman Henry Cavill right. Tom Cruise get some cool boys cool <laughs> <laughs> so serious